you're listening to The Tech Box. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 50 of The Tech Box. Can you believe it? 50 times we've rabbited on now. Good morning, James. Good morning, Richard. That's a stunning thought, isn't it, really? You're almost caught up with my age now. I know, the big five O. who would have thought it? Yeah, 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 staggering, but never mind, there we go. You get there in the end if you stick at it, I guess. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, it's uh, we've had some good fun we, with this. So, uh, anyway, what are you uh, going to start with today? What's, uh, how's Sunday morning finding you? Um, Sunday morning's finding me extremely exasperated with my iPhone, and it, basically tech is fighting back this morning. What's uh, What's the iPhone done to you? Well, I have a 256 gigabyte iPhone, um, and uh, basically ever since I've, I, I got the upgrade from the 10s Max, strange and weird things have been happening with my photos that aren't tremendously helpful. Um, but now we've reached a new low, I think. Um, if I go into um, settings and look at the storage on my iPhone, uh, it says to me, and I'll tell you live on here, it says I've used 127 gigabytes out of 256, which is actually a very large amount for me, but it's because I was travelling a lot in, in December and I put a load of music on it to listen to on planes because it was quicker than doing it any other way. Probably a, a, a chicken of a way out. But anyway, regardless, I think you'd agree I've got... 50%. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. So then I go into Photos and I scroll down to the bottom and it goes, uh, Upload paused, not enough iPhone storage. So you think, it's very strange. So tinker around with manage storage and, and all it does is take, send you to the iPhone storage. So then I think, well, maybe this is an iCloud problem, but on iCloud I've got a two terabyte account that's only 600 and something gigabytes full. Um, so at this point I think, well, this is getting me nowhere. So I, I was I was near the Apple store yesterday and I went in and said, look, there's any chance that you can look at this? I haven't got an appointment, but it's driving me nuts. And... Uh, and they first of all said, well, I think the most sensible thing we can do is to refresh your settings. Now, they didn't explain to me quite what the full implications of refreshing my settings were, but suffice it to say, my alarm didn't go off this morning. Um, I've had to set up Face ID again. I mean, this is the phone on which I have all of my banking SMS text messages come through. They sent me out at the store without telling me that Face ID had been deactivated. In fact, there was no lock on the phone at all. Which, well, that's helpful. Yeah, not very helpful whatsoever. I really wasn't very pleased about that. Um, in fact, it, the first thing I did after realising that was to find a coffee shop and set up Face ID again. Nothing like looking looking rather strange setting up Face ID on the go, but I just thought, this is crazy. You know, my, my bank account's on here. My text messages for online payments and things come through to this, and you've sent me out with even men out mentioning I do, don't even have a pin lock on there. So anyway, the, the guy sort of said, well, I'm going to go through the settings on, on photos. And um, I have to say, I find the settings on photos particularly confusing what it what it says to you, your options are. Okay, I don't even know what options there are on there, apart from the only options that I know are to turn on or off iCloud storage. And I think there's a couple of options around whether to sort of group events together and yeah. things like that the other one is um upload to my photo stream the last 30 days of photos and view them on other devices yeah so that's the only one that i have switched on yeah because yeah. i don't i don't use our icloud photos well it tells it, they tell me that this is actually a mistake because uh, well i don't really understand why because but it, it, it apparently was a mistake so they turned it off so it's currently set to use icloud photos optimize iphone storage not upload to photo stream 
Um, and basically, fundamentally, that's about it. So they did all this, and they were able to demonstrate to me in the store that, lo and behold, Photos now said it was fully uploaded. And, and interestingly enough, as I sit here now, it says uploading nine items. So where it suddenly found the space from, I really don't know. But, but cutting a long story short, this lasted about half an hour before I started getting messages saying, um, you know, we've got no space to store pictures. Now, the only pictures I'd actually had were some pictures of my grandchildren that my son had sent me from Norway. So obviously, I, you know, they, they're ones I did want. Um, but it was like nine photos and they apparently were going to kick out 120 gigabytes of space. So, so cutting a long story short, I came home and I thought, well, I'm going to have a look at my uh, iPad now. Now I've got a, a 256 iPad. Okay, yeah. Uh, that's got 36 gigabytes of stuff on it. And lo and behold, same error message. Not enough not enough storage to upload photos. So that must mean not enough iCloud storage then, mustn't it? Well, you would think so, wouldn't you? That was exactly what I, I thought as well. However, if I go into... I, I mean, I'll do it, do it now. If I go into uh, iCloud on my phone and look at iCloud storage, it tells me that I've used 782.9 gigabytes, a bit more than I thought, actually, of 2 terabytes. So there is 1.2, 1.3 terabytes of free space on iCloud. Now, now, the point the point about this is, yesterday I thought this was a problem on my phone, but it seems to be some problem that affects my Apple ID, I guess, um, because all of a sudden I've got these devices that I spent extra on to get the storage. I mean, I, I, this is actually a bigger... The reason I got the, the bigger um, iPhone this year is I do it on the Apple Upgrade plan, and it was something like £3 a month more to have the extra storage, and I thought I've got a lot of travelling. Yeah, why not? It'd be... be be worth doing but the ipad i use when we're on holiday to back up photos i've taken off the camera and whatever um stick a stick the uh, sd card accessory into it reads the card and then says no room to upload and you think but i've got over 200 gigabytes free on here according to settings what is going on so i've now booked another appointment with um with apple for this <laughs> afternoon and we'll see where that goes but the the other thing that's rather, rather sort of worrying and, and, the, and the reason that we're actually slightly late starting recording today is because they said well you know yesterday they obviously didn't know then about the the ipad um yesterday they said well if this doesn't work the most sensible thing you can do is to wipe the phone and start again and my heart sank because uh, if they're saying wipe the phone i can't see that restoring it from a backup on a on my mac is is actually going to be very sensible because you're basically going to restore the same problem, I guess. So I was sort of thinking, oh, God, you know, a day of reinstalling things and entering yeah. passwords yeah. and just what you don't really need. But then another, another horror story occurred to me, and that is that my iPhone has an eSIM. So, oh, yeah, this will be fun. Yeah, so I was on the phone to EE, uh, and they're going, well, uh, yeah, if you reset the phone, you wipe the eSIM. And I'm going, well, how do I get it back? And they said, well, you just use the QR code that, that we sent out with the eSIM. And I, and I sort of said Two to years them, well, ago. <laughs> I said to them, yeah, first, yeah, exactly. Well, actually, no. In, in, in a couple case, of months ago, at least, anyway. Yeah, it was in October. But the point is, nobody at any stage has ever said to me that QR code is reusable. And, yeah. And indeed, if it's reusable and somebody breaks into my house and steals yeah. the QR yeah, code, yeah. they can nick my phone number, can't they? So it's another vector of attack for it, uh, criminals, it, isn't it? it? Exactly. So, so I actually can't uh, wipe the iPhone because I will then wipe my main business number. So... Cutting a very long story short, the conclusion they came to was that I need to go into an EE store and either uh, get a new physical SIM or a new QR code. And, you know, another half hour goes down the drain while you do all this. But really, I I've got to say, the way we, we sort of add eSIMs in this country is anti-diluvian because, I mean, I know in um, 
Uh, in Switzerland, for example, they send you the uh, QR code by text message once you've proved to yourself, who, uh, proved to the operator who you are. Um, but no, we have to have a physical piece of paper that actually effectively leaves you open, as you say, to a line of attack. So, so let me let me get this straight. So your setup is that you've got your main number, which your friends, family, business call you on, yep. on your eSIM, yep. and then you have a secret squirrel physical sim which yeah. is your text messaging uh for two-factor etc exactly which okay. I, which yeah. I which i give to nobody so that's um, good that you obviously you can just take that physical sim out and it's ready to go into a, a newly oh, yeah. nuked phone but yeah. uh, you risk uh destroying your main yeah. sim card by resetting the phone which is kind of crazy it, it is and what's worse is that nobody uh mentioned this until i uh sort of started asking uh, so I know in this sort of conundrum, I, I actually suspect that the problem is that there's something wrong with my uh, Apple ID, um, because about four or five years ago, I used a beta version, I think it was iOS 9, and, and it got some strange bug that gobbled up all of the spare space on, on iCloud. But this doesn't seem to be an iCloud problem, because it, it's just telling me there's no no memory left to, to restore to. Well, there's acres of memory everywhere to, to restore to store the, the photos yeah i think as well as um doing a full reset of your phone you might want to try and do a full reset of your apple id i.e i mean this would be the most drastic action create a new apple id transfer yeah. all of your data and configuration from one apple id to the other close the original one down and see if that works but these are all things that are going to take you Hours and hours. hours and hours. Bearing in mind as well that my um, Apple account, my Apple, my iCloud account is shared with my wife, which is why between us we've got eight hundred gigabytes of stuff, probably of in the order of six hundred gigabytes of photos on there. So, oh, so you could add an additional account into that kind of family, then. Oh, I don't know how it works on on iCloud. I think you share the account because it doesn't ring fence it. I don't think that's not the impression that I get. I mean, it obviously knows whose stuff is which. But uh, it, it's, the whole thing's maddening, you know. I mean, how can it be that I've got this this iPhone and more, more to put the iPad? I mean, the iPad is just ridiculous. 30, 32 gigs, I think it's got on it. Yeah, but <laughs> and, I think and, it, I think, but from what you've said, it would it would have that same error message if you'd used one meg out of yeah, one yeah, gig. I, I, you know, I think, I think it's I think just that must, must be right. Yeah. Um, I mean, actually, I, I've missed a trick here. I've got an iPad Mini, which happens happens to be where I. Uh, uh, basically uses an ebook rather than a, a Kindle, and I'm just wondering what that says if I go into photos and what settings I've got on there. Uh, yeah, I mean this is this is a small capacity iPad Mini, so it's it's got 37 gigs of 64 used, um, and then most of that is actually pictures, but the stuff that I've sort of downloaded to take to show people and videos and things like that. Um, but it, it's just it's just totally frustrating. I, I can't understand how. It can be that that I can get these two contrary messages. You know, it, it's, it just doesn't make sense, does it? It doesn't. I think you're going to have to. Uh, I think you're going to have to look at your uh, Apple ID, and that is the one um, entity that is yeah. the least has the least visibility of how it's all working and uh, has the uh, least uh, settings and everything. I think um, exactly. I, I don't. I don't expect them to solve this problem for me this afternoon. I've got to say, um, and. Uh, you know, I think the very, very, very best I could hope for is that they send something off to California and I never yes. get a personal reply to it, and that it just doesn't work. Meantime, but but then I sit there and I think, well, if I could break my dependence on this Apple Watch, I really am getting starting to get really irritated about this. I've got a, a, a large investment of of um, 
money into into this equipment um, and now it seems I need a large investment of time whereas actually what I want is something that takes my photos uploads them and, and away we go I, I, I do think the camera on the 11 Pro is a very good camera I, I've really enjoyed using it but is it worth this amount of hassle I just don't know you know it, it, it's really annoying I mean I, I know you've just bought yourself a new LG haven't you and, and and you know we've both had lots of fun with LG over the time in fact there's a bit of me thinks I should have should have kept my V30 plus and and disposed of the Pixel 3, but there's another bit of me thinks, well, no, maybe not, I don't know. But, you know, why am I spending money on, on something that, that's this expensive if the damn thing doesn't work? And, and it's not as if you and I haven't spent a lot of time with iPhones over the years, and, and I, I, you know, I am the go-to person in my family for my iPhone isn't working, and I guess probably you are as well, but I can't, I can't find any, any angle that will let me work out what the problem is. I think it's interesting because... I don't rely on iCloud almost at all. As I say, I don't have iCloud photos. The only iCloud sort of feature, or it's not even iCloud, I don't think, is this um, photo, what do they call it, photo stream or something, where it saves the last thousand or something and it uploads those. Generally, I don't auto-upload photos from any of my phones, generally. I try and just take them home and um, upload them manually so that I can control where they go. And I think that's oh, I, because... See, see I'm, para- I'm paranoid. <laughs> I, I back things up as I go, and then I delete them later. Yeah, but I, I have that photo stream for emergencies. Uh, I, you know, it's basically an emergency backup. Um, but I curate my online photo albums quite strictly, so I don't want photos just being uploaded before I've had a chance to sort of edit them and filter them or, or process them in whatever so, way I want. So you actually have completely reversed to me. I, I, I go around, everything's uploaded, and then when I have the time later, I sit down and delete the duds. Um, or indeed, to be honest, I mean, I, I, that's what I do on, on um, Flickr, but Flickr is causing me lots of grief at the moment, and, and they've just said they want to increase the price by 25%. So at least, at least I renewed at the old price, but I'm not so sure I should be bothering afterwards. But I, what I really want is, is, is in two places, a proper backup of my photos. Um, Which I, I, I use Flickr and Google Photos. Yeah, well, I use Google Photos and iCloud. Uh, and, and, and I was originally going to ditch Flickr last year. And then uh, then I thought, well, I'll, you know, I'll, let's just leave it a little bit longer. I can't remember. I think, I think I was really busy at the renewal time. And I thought, well, before I do anything hasty, I'll renew it one more time and think about it. But I think that's what, I think that's what everyone thought. Yeah, We're kind of yeah. locked in now, aren't we? Well, sort of. I mean, I, I, mean, I actually um, used Amazon Photos and Amazon Photos. I think it's really good. It's very, very similar to uh, Google Photos. The only problem is um, I wanted to I want to be able to store my pictures and my wife's pictures. And when I send her an invitation, it says, you're not allowed to invite somebody to uh, use this service in a different country. And, and when I look carefully, I discover that if you uh, have storage on, on Amazon Photos, uh, that storage is, is on Amazon.com. So Unless I get my wife an account on Amazon.com and do it that way, which maybe is what I will do, but I, it's weird these it's the way messy. Amazon works, isn't it? Because yeah. I think I've got well, I think everyone's got an Amazon account in all the countries, yeah. ready for them. But I think maybe it's not activated for an account until you log on, maybe in that in that uh, location. Yeah, I mean, I so, think maybe what I need to do is to get her to buy something cheap from Amazon.com and then it or just work. log in. Yeah, just go to Amazon.com and log in. I wonder if that will. Um, these we'll things sort of all take time. Bring it to life. It might well be time worth worth spending. I think mean, it's it's just I don't know. It, it. So there we are. Rant over. Thank you so much for listening to that. Um, 
What should we go on to? What have you got? You, you just you, you just got yourself a, 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 was it a, a G7 or a G8? Or? I, I suppose as people would have noticed by my um, eBay rundown, I over the last few months of last year, I did go through um, the LG V40 and the LG G8, um, both of which are excellent phones, actually. I don't remember um, what the problem was with the, with the V40 from your point the of view. The problem with, v, with the V40 was that it was an Indian skew... Oh. And every time it seemed to want to call the emergency services every time I looked at it. That's all right, I remember, yeah. Not, not, if I, not very, I mean, amusing, but not at all amusing. Yeah, so I was uh, in a, it was just like in a fate kind of uh, country show type uh, place. And um, <laughs> I noticed that my phone was making a noise. And I looked in my pocket and I'd called the police. Oh, or, you know, the 999, essentially. I've only ever and, done that once, but it's so embarrassing, isn't it? Yeah, and I thought, oh, God, I'm sorry, you know, and I had to stay on the line quite a long time because apparently, um, you know, when it called them, they heard some things in the background that could have been construed as people, you know, in distress or questioning something. So that was just a palaver as well. Um, And I think it's because there's just too many ways of setting off the um, emergency call on the uh, Indian SKU. Yeah. Uh, if you if you triple tap the power button, and of course I'd set that up to double tap to bring the camera up, uh, it calls yeah. the uh, emergency services. So you and get trigger happy and it. off it goes. You, you Absolutely. Couldn't, you couldn't flash it with a different firmware. I flashed it with a different firmware, but it didn't take away that functionality. That functionality is obviously uh, held somewhere very in the deep gubbins of the phone, yeah. and um, just flashing it to a different country's firmware didn't fix it. Um, so I couldn't live with that V40, unfortunately, because that um, kept just kept going off for me, and I felt a bit guilty selling it because I thought, well, this is just going to end up going off for the for the other person. But I suppose if you the double tap for camera is not on by default. Um, so maybe uh, somebody else just won't turn that on and won't experience it. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I got rid of the V40, which was a solid upgrade on the V30, although a tiny bit heavier and a tiny bit taller, which um, aren't necessarily uh, positives in my book. Nice. Um, and I got the LG G8, which is absolutely stonking. It is like the uh, LG G7 with a decent camera you know uh absolutely competitive camera um but with a amoled screen and um you know the new uh snapdragon 855 processor really snappy and excellent the only problem i had with that one was i'd got it from i think i got it through ebay uh, and it was a, a us carrier model and it was sprint yeah um so it had a lot of the kind of cdma activating kind of uh rubbish on the firmware uh, most of it you could disable but there was a few things hanging around um and so i saw and it also it also had a physical dent in the bottom which was irritating me um yeah because i got it, it i got it as um used so i couldn't you know it's not, it's not complain about that it was in perfect condition apart from that um so eventually i sold that um but uh i thought recently i thought well that g8 was so nice um i'll I'll get another one, uh, James, and this time James, I won't James. get. I won't get the Sprint. I'll uh, I'll get the GSM AT and T variant. Right. Um. So, uh, this has turned up, and it's pretty good. Uh, this one is in absolutely perfect condition, literally new out the box. Um, 
it reminded me of a problem that I had with the previous one, which is it doesn't have UK English on the phone. So you have to put it oh. into Cana- Canadian English, which I think is the closest one. Um, you can change your Google uh, language to UK uh, with a little bit of effort. Um, it, you, know, you have to change it in several places, you know, the keyboard, the Google Assistant language, the spell check language, all that sort of stuff. You can change all that back to English UK. So um, it's fine. Um, there's only a couple of minor annoyances. The first one is that the 4G logo is a horrible Americanized 4G logo, which yeah. I can't um, seem to either turn off or change. Uh, you, you turn off and change most of the icons at the top of the phone with um, a utility that I use. Um, and the second one is that there's rumors that you can only update the firmware with a Sprint SIM in the US. Sorry, not a Sprint SIM, obviously an AT&T, AT&T. SIM. Mm. So I'm a, a little bit worried about this. Obviously, it's on a reasonably recent version of Pi, which is absolutely fine and it absolutely flies and it's lovely. Um, but Windows 10 is rolling out to these devices in the US now. So I kind of think, well, it would be nice to get... Hang on, hang on, uh, hang on, hang on. Point of order, Windows 10 is rolling out. Ah, yes. <laughs> uh, I haven't got my head screwed on that. Yeah, Windows 10 has been... No, Android 10 is being Steve, uh, rolled Steve out. Steve, excited yeah. if you carry on like that. Yeah, no, it's... Um, no, they're not getting... Um, Upgraded to Windows Phone. No, that's not uh, that's not happening. So they they're getting Android ten um, in the states. So I kind of think it would be nice to try that out. Um, so yeah, I have this. It's certainly not updating the the firmware at the moment. Um, so yes, this is going to be an interesting question. To see if I can crack this because uh, I looked online and people do seem to think that that does seem to be the case. So. Um, <laughs> Well, yeah, watch it, this space it, up. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the question really is, does it need an active AT&T SIM or will just a, a, a dormant one do, isn't it? This, These are the questions that uh, I'll be asking, yeah. Uh, what else tech have I been doing? Well, I've finally got my plug-in hybrid car and charger. God, the charger. If they want this technology to take off, they have to make getting the chargers put in a lot easier. Um, okay, so I think we're going to have to... Um, unpack this a little bit because uh, this is uh, this sounds quite interesting so yeah. what's what's the car all right the car is a, a kia nero plug-in hybrid okay what give us the, given that i don't know the kia range what's the nearest ford uh, i don't know the ford range it's a small suv is probably the way of, of okay putting it. um you'd be pushed to get five people in there i guess um on the whole, uh, it, it, it's a nice motor. I mean, it is, one of these big things that is a bit of a bugbear of mine is that is this phrase, self-charging hybrids. Now, uh, you can debunk self-charging hybrids on, on, on a number of, of counts. I mean, firstly, if you look at the, the, the Kia Nero range, is actually quite interesting because they do an all-electric one that has a 300-mile range, but the only problem with that is it's also got a two-year waiting list. At the other end of the scale, they do an all-petrol one. Then they do a self-charging hybrid, and then they do the one that I've got, which is a plug-in hybrid. And um, the reason I think self-charging hybrids are a con is because fundamentally, almost all of the electricity that they use is made by burning petrol. Is there any other way of getting the electricity into one of those cars if it's if it's just regenerating some spare capacity that it's just generated by burning petrol do you sort of see what i mean not not really i mean all all hybrid cars do recover a bit from the brakes but uh, all i can say to you is that uh, mine of course doesn't re- doesn't um self-charge it only gets power from either plugging it into the mains or from 
um, regenerating out of the braking systems. But but what I've never been able to do before I got the charging point put in was to actually generate enough power from regenerative braking to actually drive it at all. You know, you perhaps pull it away as a set of traffic lights, but it it, it wouldn't even make one percent on the uh, or not one percent. It wouldn't make it wouldn't even get to a point where it said I've got one mile of electric power left. And, no. and, and if you look at this range, you'll see that the battery on the um, self-charging hybrid is one-tenth of the size on the plug-in hybrid. So uh, given the plug-in hybrid has a, a range of about 33 miles, something like that, if the battery is only one-tenth as much on the self-charging one, the actual electric range is only about three miles anyway. Um, so, it, it, you know, without the engine being on. So really, it's just a, it's just a the sort of uh, self-charge is just a posh way of making sure that it's regenerating and and storing energy and then reusing it so it's not really for propelling the car it's no. more just sort of help around the edges basically yeah, yeah yeah i mean i mean in a number of countries like norway for example they've actually made the phrase self-charging illegal because it's a, it's it's deceptive and and what a self-charging car basically does is sure it will use some electric power around the cities but the the other side of that is it chucks out more more out in the country because it, it it you know it's 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 acting as a petrol car there and it's charging the the battery at a certain uh, when you get to speed so so it essentially uses the engine as a generator yeah, yeah, Does, yeah. so do yours that can't use the engine as a generator mine, mine can't use the engine as a generator only only uh, it recovers some from the brakes but other than that it only has electric power when you okay. char- charge it so, the wall and in the big question that always comes up with these electric cars is what the range is so what's the range right. on your petrol mode and what's the range on your fully charged up electric uh, well, mode the fully charged electric mode is about 30 miles okay uh, it's, it'll be more in the summer than in the winter because in the summer you're using you're not using headlights heated windows fans and that sort of stuff to the same yeah. degree um and what I find is basically I stick it on charge every two three days depending on what I'm doing I mean around, around town it, it it, it will it will put the engine on occasionally if you've got like the heated rear window on and whatever else for any length of time, but most of the time I'm driving on pure electric power. Um, and then uh, when it gets down to about six or seven miles of electric range, it starts saving that for putting away at traffic lights and things like that, and the petrol engine kicks in and, and off it goes. In terms of petrol range, it's like most other cars; it's about four hundred and eighty miles on a tank of petrol, something like that. Okay. So, but that, that that in itself isn't the problem. The problem, of course, is charge points. And around here, we don't have very many charge points. So uh, having decided this is what I wanted to do, uh, I started the process of getting a charge point. Now, this is a real headache because uh, there is a government grant that, that subsidises the charge points, but you can't get the grant until you've got the registration number of the car that's going to use the charge point. Okay, that's... So, fine isn't it well sort of except i got the car in october and the charge point was installed on the 3rd of january because just because the just the delay of getting the engineer around and all the rest of it well yeah but it's not one visit that's the thing and this is this is what you don't necessarily realize it it needs it needs somebody to sort of say right you want a charge point i'll deal with all the rubbish but uh in my case the first thing is they came around did a site survey yeah we can do this we need to drill a hole there and we need to drill a hole here and we need to do this and whatever fine yeah 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 except that they say yeah well you've like most houses you've got a domestic fuse that's i think it's 65 watts or it might be 60 watts yeah uh, i can imagine the car pulls 30 so uh, if you're not very careful you'll blow the main fuse if for example you've got the cooker the yeah washing machine washing the machine car and everything yeah, else yeah, yeah yeah so you have to get the fuse uprated okay fine how do i get the fuse uprated oh you need to ring in my case western power 
Uh, and they came out and changed the fuse, which cost about 70 quid, something like that. No, no big thing. But that was one appointment. Then they said, right, we're not sure about whether the wires between the main, main, main power coming in and the um, domestic fuse box, because the, the fuse that's changed is the one before you get to the electricity meter, whether those cables are actually uh, high enough rated, but when the guy comes from Western Power, he can check it for you. But if not, you've got to get those cables changed. Okay, well, why can't we do those? Well, Western Power can't do it because those cables belong to your, electric, your, your energy supplier. And I'm sitting there thinking, given I can change my energy supplier, that's very big of them, isn't it, really? But mm. happily, happily in our case, they didn't need changing. But, but I could have been in a situation, in my case, where I needed my energy supplier to come and change a piece of cable about eight inches long before that we could get to the next stage. Um, and then they came round and literally spent a day putting it in. I mean, it, it involved uh, my, my main domestic fuses in the hall of our house. They have to fit an extra fuse uh, for the for the car. Uh, so in my case, they drilled a hole from through through my hall into my garage, uh, completely invisibly, I might say, through the back of where the fuse box is, and fitted a new fuse in the garage. Uh, then, then you've got this really chunky cable that comes out of that, and they uh, put that through a, a hole—a hole they drilled in the side of the garage. Uh, fitted the cable very nicely, as to be said. You can't see all round the bottom of the uh, porch to the, the side of the house where I, I need the charger. Uh, then, then this is the bit I wasn't ready for. Then they drilled another hole into the house to connect the uh, charger to my router. Because apparently the idea of these charges is that presently we've all got smart meters and there will be smart tariffs that say, uh, right, okay, you're now on cheaper electricity for charging your car, a bit like a sort of modern version of Economy 7, where the energy supplier detects that you want to charge your car and basically makes you wait until this surplus in the in the network. So the first time I actually used the charger, it, I had it on for like three hours and got out and it was 9% because I was doing it in the evening. Um, and, it, and it had determined this was a peak rate time, so it sort of effectively trickle charged. Um, but you can override that. There's a button to override it so that it automatically charges at full power, which, to be honest, is what I do, because at the moment I don't have that sort of tariff because I haven't got a smart meter. But um, this is the first time I've, I've come across something that makes me think mm, maybe a smart meter is worth getting. But equally, would I really want to leave the car plugged into the charger overnight? We don't get much problem with any, anything around here, but, you know, you've got a few, few people who had a bit too much to drink. They might think it was great fun to mess around with a charging car. I don't know. I'm, I'm not, that, that bit I haven't thought about. In my, oh, my, my In my head, my if I was to put an electric car together, it, I would have it on the side of the house, so it would be outside of the garage, I would have thought. Yeah, well, my garage is sort of um, uh, effectively next to the rest of the house. So I've got, like, if, effectively the whole of the front of the house is a single face. So I don't, I don't have a, a side of the garage to do it with because the garage is actually an extension that took away the side of the house, as it were. Um, so, you know, you, you cannot get round the side of my house. You literally have to go through the garage to get to the back garden, uh, which which is no, it's no big problem to me. But I think the thing is... It, it, I, I live down a cul-de-sac. It's pretty quiet. I think, to be honest, I'd be extremely unlucky to have anybody mess with it. But it's not a, not a chance. I really want to yeah. encourage and anybody I'd, with. So my next question is, what's the interoperability of these chargers? Because I'm conscious that you've got the Tesla superchargers. There's yeah. a whole bunch of Tesla superchargers just down the road from me. But can I turn up in my um, no. Kia electric car and plug it into a Tesla you, supercharger? Basically, Tesla's system is incompatible with everybody else's. Um, you can, for a domestic charger, get a sort of a, a multi-adapter. So you go, well, okay, I've got this socket on the wall, but I need this to charge the car. 
you know, and you have an adapter cable, believe it or not. I mean, why why we've got to a world with adapter cables on a, a relatively new technology is beyond me. Put a um, dongle in your Tesla. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, can you believe it? Um, I believe there are fundamentally two systems, but I mean, you doing this. I mean, I I, I took the view that I got a chance of getting this hybrid. Um, uh, and it's something I'm interested in and wanted to do. Having done it, there are a few things I would say. I mean, the first thing is, if you get a hybrid car, you can't charge them as fast as a full electric car because they, the chargers they fit them with are not as high capacity, which probably makes sense because the batteries aren't as high capacity either. So you really need about two hours to completely charge uh, my car, which actually worked quite nicely because a local hotel's got a charger so I used to just go down there take my laptop and have a coffee and do some work and it was charged when I came out um but when you see you know charged in 30 minutes on this charger and not on not on a hybrid car or at least not on my hybrid car and and having spoken to two friends who've got hybrids they say the same uh you you effectively looking at about two hours to charge um now my my son in Norway's got um a Nissan Leaf it's a an all-electric car he can do a full charge in about 45 minutes on that um but it's 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 not once been a practical problem because of course if i haven't got an electric charge in it as as i repeatedly had before i got the charger it's just a petrol engine car um but but to me actually i wanted to do this for all sorts of reasons not because i'm especially green i don't think but i do think it matters and if we can do that then it's worth doing what we can Oh, absolutely. I think my problem will... is that I can't travel to and from work in Milton Keynes very easily uh, on an electric car because of lack of availability of chargers there. I mean, what we what we need is somebody to install forty thousand chargers throughout the country, like they've done in Norway and whatever, where it's very easy to find a charger in Norway. Um, but we, I, I, you know, we'll get there. It's just that we've sort of started late for a change. No, I think we, we will absolutely get there, and um, everyone in the future. And pretty certain of it we'll just have an electric car i think it's uh, an obvious evolution and i think yeah. you can see that we're, we're getting there well the world is getting there slowly you know i think um we could have transitioned to electric cars 20 years ago rather than five years ago but in the last five years look at all the progress that's been made yeah being sort of you know largely driven by tesla you have to give it to them in terms of um they're the top end um electric car and they've yeah. sort of been the sort of standard bearer haven't they i know I th- that I think uh, obviously a, everyone else jumped so, on board but so i think you've been a bit harsh on companies like nissan and and uh, and well, kia as well but i mean nissan have, have been making the leaf for a long long time i uh, suppose what i'm saying is that tesla has bought a uh, a premium feel to the electric um sector you know their model s and the um you know the roadster and yeah, these, yeah, yeah. you know, even even the truck, you know, the Cybertruck. These are aspirational cars that are electric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're doing a great job, obviously, no, no doubt about it. Um, I think there are when you start looking at it, there are actually plenty of manufacturers who've been doing electric cars. It's just they've done a great job of getting the publicity. And and yeah, who wouldn't? I don't know. I say, well, who wouldn't like a Tesla? I, yeah, I'd like a Tesla if I had the chance of one. But on the other hand, I wouldn't. A car isn't worth that sort of money to me. To me, a car is a um, something. It's a tool I use to get around. Some people love cars, and and that's fine if that's what they want to do. Then um, I'm all in favour of it. Uh, I, what I am pretty convinced of, and one of the reasons that I, I got the charge point put where it is, it's, it's so that we can get two cars on the drive and both use it. And and what I am sure of is that when we we tend to, we've we've got one car which is mine, which is um, 
I mean, it's the car we do any long journey in, and and I tend to go around town in it. But but my wife's car very rarely goes more than about five or ten miles in one go. Uh, I'm sure we'll replace that with an all electric car. It, it would be silly not to, I think. Um, but that's a, a little way down the line yet. Yeah, I mean, I do a lot of commuting, but yeah. I don't do more than uh, sort of 250 miles a week, and that's the kind of um, range of a car isn't it and most yeah, yeah. most of the time my car would be on charge overnight anyway so well that's the is thing. anyone really going to do 300 miles in a day i mean unless you're doing a road trip you're probably not no but to give you an example I, uh, you know I, I live just outside birmingham i uh, regularly go and work in milton Keynes. it's about 70 miles uh, 70 miles there then i stop overnight it's about five miles to where i stay and then five miles back and another 70 miles home and you know before you know where you are you're up to sort of 170 miles something like that um at least this way i can get 30 of those miles uh done using ele- electric power sometimes i can get a charger down there in that case that means i've used 60 but there's still 100 in the middle that, that i can't do because i haven't got the range in the car but in terms of if you're doing that sort of commuter mileage, um, I, I mean, for example, my mum and dad live about nine, ten miles away. Um, I, I, I can get there and back on, on all electric. You just get used to plugging in the car the same way you plug in your phone. You don't have to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to do it every day, but perhaps most days. Um, so I mean, I, you know, it was on charge last night. It, it's topped up this morning. It's not. It's not. It's not a big problem. And and being a hybrid, if you were to forget, well, you just have to drive it around on petrol and keep your head down. Yeah, no, I think this is a, a really nice bit of tech you've got there, Richard. Uh, yeah, I'm really, and, I'm really um, pleased with it, actually. I think I'm quite jealous. I think I do fancy an electric car well, at some point soon, but... Um, yeah, what about one of these um, little BMWs or something like that? I mean, some of those, there's an extended range version of that, if I remember rightly. Um, I think the i8 is quite nice. Yeah. You know, that's the sort of futuristic Lamborghini-looking one. But yeah, I don't it, yes, mate, but I, I, think, <laughs> I don't think that's in my price range. I think but, you need to buy a lottery ticket. And that, that yeah. is the other problem, is that the price is still still high, but that, that, I think, will be driven by volume, won't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, I think that that's a very uplifting uh, place to leave it. Yep. And uh, it's been great speaking to you, Richard. And Good to talk we'll to you catch well. up soon. Yeah, look forward to that and uh, yeah, see you in a bit. Enjoy the LG. Cheers, Richard. Cheers now. Bye. Thank you.